Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's pray. Bye. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study this morning. We pray your blessings upon this uh, this study. We pray your blessings upon those who will watch and, and, and pay attention. We pray, Father, that they will uh, find things that they can apply in their own lives and find things that they can uh, they can help them to be better. Father, bless us as we move forward through this through the Old Testament. Help us as we learn about you and learn about uh, uh, the responsibility we have when it comes to our relationship with you. Help us to, to have the courage and the strength to do the things that we need to do. Uh, to be everything that you that you envision us to be. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm gonna make it clear up front. I don't feel great. <laughs> I've got a cough drop in my mouth. Sorry. I tell I just tell people at Fortran when I get up to preach, I say, "If I sound like I got a rock in my mouth, because I do. It's because I do. It's yeah. just gonna get littler and littler, and I'm even halfway through. Put another one in my mouth. That's right. Just so I don't have to start coughing. So that's what I had to. That's what I told my Wednesday night class. I said, "Try not to offend any of y'all, but I've got a cough drop in my mouth, and it's gonna stay in my mouth because if it doesn't, then I'm not teaching." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so we are uh, we're hitting another yep. thick yep. section. Mm -hmm. You know, last week we looked at. Holiness, you know, in, in Leviticus chapter 22. Well, we, we've been we've been looking for a while about our responsibility to God. Right. Yeah. You know, he is very clear that he is uh, that everything he's doing is trying to get them to a place where they're going to look at him as a as a God different than all these other gods where he's right. holy and they need to glorify him with the priesthood that we talked about for a couple of weeks. The holiness we talked about. It was all about, and it, how he ends chapter 22. He says, I am the Lord. You better understand I'm the Lord. Yeah. And that hasn't changed, guys. That hasn't changed. We are we're still responsible to realize that he is God. You can have your own idea about what you think that means. You can have your own idea about what you think you're supposed to, how you're supposed to be obedient to what, you know, but, but my suggestion is find out what God says to do and apply that to your life and not right. what somebody else says. That's right. Because, you know, he's going to say a lot of things here that is it is geared directly at these people. There's not a lot here for us that this is going to matter to us much. But, you know, he's going to talk about in chapter 23 about the festivals, you know, and, and they have a lot of them. You recall what chapter it is? I think it's in the Gospel of John, but what chapter it is where Jesus looks at him and says, my word's going to judge you in the last days? Yeah, chapter 12. 
you know, chapter 12. Yeah. So, you know, you said we, we better, you better figure out, mm -hmm. you know, you better come to God and figure out what God's about. You know, Jesus makes it very clear. His word, his teaching is going to judge well, us in the last what day. What he says in that text is, I didn't speak on my own. Right. Yeah. Father told me what to say. Mm -hmm. So everything I said was what the father told me to say. So That's you better right. listen because the, he said, I'm not going to, I didn't come to judge you. That's right. So the word's going to judge you in the last day. Yeah. So Paul, Paul chapter Rome, Paul, Paul in Romans chapter 14 confirms this. And he says, we're all going to stand before God. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if you're, if you're listening, if you're watching us, I appreciate you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're, you're interested in learning about God and coming along with us as we, we move through the law and the prophets and we learn more about God, but you need to understand you're going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. He's going to die one day. And God is going to hold us accountable. We're going to have to stand before him and give an account, you know, and the, the, here's the reality. I'm not going to pay for your sin. No. You're not going to pay for my sin. Nope. And if you stand before God, you say, God, well, I, I I tried to do my best, but I only listened to Cole. And I never pursued you. I never pursued your word. I never pursued. That's going to be on you. That's going to be on you. You can't. I'm not going to be a shield for you in the last day. Dan's not going to be a shield for you. Nobody's going to be a shield. The Catholic priest ain't going to be a shield. You know, the Baptist pastor ain't going to be a shield. None of these people are going to be shields for you. You're going to have to stand before God, and He's going to look at you and He's going to say, "Here's the word. What did you do with it?" Mm -hmm. So my advice is continue to pursue. Get in this book. You know, we looked at Romans chapter 12 yesterday or last week. Last week we looked at Romans chapter 12, and you know the transforming and renewing of our mind through the word. It's mm -hmm. so, so important. God gives us his spirit so we can know. Well, you so, asked me, a, you asked me a question before we got started. Uh, what were all these festivals for? I think it's something we need to clarify to, to our audience. What, yeah. what were these for? Well, I mean, what, why? I mean, there's the, here's the Sabbath is the first thing he deals with. Yeah. Then he said the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the offering of the first fruits, festival of weeks, festival of trumpets, festival of atonement. There's all kinds of these festivals. You know, what were they for? Well, you suppose it has something to do with being holy? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because that's what he's just said, right? Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not mm -hmm. profane my holy name. Mm -hmm. Right? Don't treat me. Treat me sacred. Mm -hmm. Don't treat me like I'm not sacred. Uh -huh. Right? Don't profane my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites, of course, because the Israelites are supposed to be a nation of priests. Mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> I am the Lord who makes you holy, who made you holy, and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So God says, I made you holy. Now be holy. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that look like? How did we we talked about that a lot, right? We've yeah, got to get into the word. It's so important. Why we talked about it so much. Well, they're still talking about it here. So the Lord looks at Moses, and this is Leviticus 23, uh, chapter 23, verse, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. That word sacred is an adjective that means holy. Yeah. They're holy assemblies. These yeah. are holy gatherings mm -hmm. that my holy people of Israel need to come and participate in. Why, why, do, you think they, why do you think they and us need so much prompting? <laughs> why why is it that he has to sit he has to i mean because remember they haven't even left Sign, yeah they're still, they have, the they're still at the mountain yeah they won't start going for a while yeah, yet they spent they spend about a year at the yeah, mountain, put yeah. the mountain and and this isn't the promised land the promised land's coming it's coming but they they he's given them all these because they're going to be wandering around the wilderness they're going to have all kinds of people they're going to come in contact with and he's told them we've already talked about these guys he's already told them you know don't Start doing the things they do. That's right. They're an abomination. So you know, you know, uh, twelve step. 
12-step program, 12-step programs have a uh, tremendous track record helping people who are slaves to addiction, mm -hmm. right? clean up and stay sober mm -hmm. they have a really great track record it's it's really phenomenal it's amazing especially like aa you know it's one of the most uh it's 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 uh one of the best programs if you if you have an addiction to alcohol it's one of the best programs you can go through and, it, and again it has a huge success rate and the reason it has a huge success rate is because they look at those guys who are who are having addictions and they tell them just stop drinking and think about it every day not to drink that would never no, work. No, that's not what that, they tell I'm them. I'm thinking, wait, what? Yeah, you're, you're, you're like, they don't tell them that. Like, what's wrong? No, they don't tell them that. You know why? Because you're going to start drinking. Yeah. If all you think about every single day is, I can't drink. I can't drink. They're going to make you drink. drink. I can't drink. I guarantee you, give it give it 20 minutes and you're going to be in that bottle. Yeah. That's not what they tell you. That's not what they tell you at all. Now, you've got to admit that you have a problem. You've got to you work those steps. But you know what those steps are? Those steps are designed and revolved around admitting that you have a problem, admitting that there's a higher power that wants to help you with this problem, and then helping other people as a means to stay sober. Yeah. And that's what those steps are revolved around. Now, there's there's some other ones in there, and they're very good too. Ironically enough, you know where the, the guys who created AA, you know where they got all their principles from? From the Bible. From the Bible. That's yeah. right. They studied the scriptures, and they came away with these 12 steps to how to deal with this problem mm -hmm. god's just pulled all these people out of egypt and what was going on in egypt well they had all these gods didn't they mm -hmm. and they were addicted to all these gods weren't they and how many times have they said Good in point. exodus Good i won't go back i won't go back there yeah. at Good least point. back there we had meat in our pot yeah they were a slave yeah making bricks yeah and they're addicted to it they're addicted to having that tyranny and they want to go back to it sounds like our society today our society today is addicted to uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, addicted to, of course. I'm, I'm addicted to passiveness. I'm addicted to, uh, you know, just you know, not giving a flip about nothing. You know, not caring about anybody but myself. Completely self-absorbed. That's what we're addicted to. This is the way people have been forever. But we're go addicted. Back, we're addicted to sin. Go back to the garden, mm -hmm. right? The woman is deceived. Oh, that looks good. I want to eat that. And the man is apathetic. And I tell people all the time, you, you pick a poison. Tell me which one's worse. The woman who believed the lie or the man who sat there and couldn't care, couldn't care less. And what do we have in our society today? We got a whole bunch of women who believed a whole bunch of lies. Oh, that's just a clump of cells. You just cut that thing out of you. Mm -hmm. and get rid of it. Take this pill and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Hey, you don't need that thing. That thing growing in your belly is the key to happiness, mm -hmm. is the key to love and chair and, mm -hmm. all, and all everything that's good fulfillment in this world. That's, what, that's that key in there. It ain't your college diploma. Your college diploma ain't gonna ain't gonna do squat when you're seventy years old and dying alone. Yeah, that child, that that diploma ain't gonna do nothing for you, but the world tells you it is. Yeah, that career you had that you retired from that you have all this money, none of that's gonna make a difference mm -hmm. when you're dying. Mm -hmm. And the men, what do we do? Oh, that yeah, you should you should probably just kill that thing. So we don't. So he he gives them these festivals to focus them on God. Because they're going to be unfocused by everything around them. Absolutely. And so we don't have all these festivals. So what do we do? Well, we do. But we what do. do we? But what? Do, what do you? What is it that we should be doing to focus ourselves on God, so that we're not focused on the, all the stuff that's going to be around us? That's going to take us away from God. If you come down here to verse four, okay. Now in my Bible, there's a title. That, yeah. Um, it says the Passover and the Festival of Unleavened Bread. Mm -hmm. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover 
begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. And this is the first time we've seen this. Mm -hmm. We saw this back in Exodus. Mm -hmm. yep. This was when God Exodus chapter 12. passed over the people. Mm -hmm. They had to put the blood of lamb on the doorpost and do all those things. And they were that was an everlasting ordinance. They had to follow and practice that Passover forever. Mm -hmm. God said so. Okay. They're still practicing it when you get to Jesus today. Yeah. And that's, Jesus, what, that's what Jesus is doing at the Last Supper. He's, did, he's partaking of the Passover meal. He is. Absolutely. And he says... You know, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. So we're instituting a new covenant. We're instituting a new festival. Or it's, it's not a new festival. It's the change in the festival. And we celebrate Passover every week. Every week. Every week. Every Sunday, we come together and celebrate. Why Why is it that people have to go to church, right? And this is, and this is, we've talked about this. We've touched around this. Why is it that people have to go to church? It's not to be saved. It's not to be holy. God has already made you holy. Mm -hmm. God has already given you redemption. You know, in my Wednesday night class, we talk about, the New Testament church and, and a foundation of that is the new covenant. And we look at what God brings to the table. Going to church does not save you. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't save so you. So why do you do it? The same reason the apostles did it. Because we, and the same reason these Israelites did it. Because we are sojourners in this world. We are, we are foreigners in this country, in this land. We belong to God. We're going back to God. That's what we're looking forward to. According to Hebrews chapter 11, that's what all of these people were looking forward to, was going back to God. I am, I am a foreigner here. I am a temporary resident, and I've got my home with this God. This world is not my home. We this sing a song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. But you know what? The devil really hates that because mm -hmm. I used to belong to his kingdom. Yeah. Colossians chapter 1 says he transferred me out of the kingdom of darkness into yeah. the kingdom of light and the kingdom yeah. of so many loves. So... The, the New Testament warns us through Peter. The devil is like a roaring lion. Well, and that and that's why I think what we were getting to just a minute ago is why do we go to church? Because because that's where God's people are. Yeah. And that's where we can celebrate this Passover together uh, as like they did, but it it means different for us. Okay. Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. it's still a it's still a a it's still a forgiveness of sin of reminder. But it's because of Jesus. What are we doing in that Passover? What are we doing in the Lord's Supper? This is my blood mm -hmm. that is poured out mm -hmm. as an atonement to cover over the sin of many, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but the enemy likes to come at me like this. You did that sin again. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought you were a Christian. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're, aren't you supposed to be a preacher? And you sinned? Yeah. Man. You're no good. God doesn't want you. God doesn't love you. That blood don't cover you. Yeah. So what happens? I come in on Sunday and I'm reminded, what are the words of my God? The words of my God are, this is my blood. This Take this cup. This is my blood. And my blood I'm pouring out for you. I am in Christ, right? Christ is saying, I am what you could not be. Yeah. And I'm reaching down and picking you up. And that's what these deals, every one of them had a different meaning. This one had one meeting. The Festival of Weeks had another meeting. The Day of Absolutely, Atonement yeah. had another meeting. You know, the, the Day of Atonement pointed them to the day that they were going to do an atonement for the for the nation. Mm -hmm. And the high priest would be would go into the into the tabernacle and he'd go in there and he would and he would offer blood yeah. for himself. And that was a that was an atone atoning sacrifice. Well, we saw that played out. We saw that played out in Acts chapter or um, Leviticus chapter nine, Leviticus chapter ten. Mm -hmm. We've seen that atonement, this festival that yep. he's gonna he's gonna flesh out the outside yep. stuff.
We've seen that developed in Acts 16, which or Leviticus 16. Leviticus 16 is the center point of the Torah. Yeah. It's the yeah. main emphasis. We've been kicked out of the garden, mm -hmm. and we're shown the way back into the garden through blood. Yeah. <coughs> the enemy likes to make us doubt. There's, thank you. Uh, the enemy likes to make us doubt it. Yeah. And, and you know what? You know what? And, and we're not going to dwell on this a lot, but the significance of this one in, in, in the Day of Atonement is, is that Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. Absolutely. He is the one that goes in with his own blood into the Holy of Holies, not like the high priest going with, with blood for himself. He doesn't have to have blood for himself. He goes in with his own blood and, may, and, and purchases atonement through his own blood. And so that's where grace and mercy come from. That's why you said, I can't go to church to get saved. I don't go to church to get saved. I go to church because I am saved. That's right. Because God has already that's bought right. me and already given it to me. And I need the encouragement. And Satan's a liar. Yeah, that's right. The enemy's a liar. He's a liar. The accuser of our people is a liar. When he tells you you're no good, if you sinned again, how, how dare God says you're going to sin. You know, it's okay. It's not okay to sin, but it's okay because God's made atonement because we're his children. Paul compares uh, our life on this planet, our life sojourning here, our life traveling through to God. He compares it to a race. <clears throat> you know how hard and difficult it is to run the race when you think you've lost? And that's what the enemy, especially a marathon. I mean, it's not just a race like a 100-meter dash. This is a marathon, a lifelong marathon. And you know what gets exhausting? Thinking that you've lost constantly. And what are you going to tell yourself? Yeah. I don't need to run anymore. What's the point What's of running? Point? I've already What's lost. Yeah. And that's where people really do lose. They don't lose because of their sin. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go off into the far country. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, grieve the Holy Spirit and do all those things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the, the metric, the measurement of our race, of our running mm -hmm. is loving God and loving yeah. each other. And as we do that, the blood of Christ continually cleanses us of all sin. But if the enemy can convince us that our sin is too big for God, that God isn't, God, you know, I, I was talking to my Wednesday night class about this very thing the other day. And I looked at him and I said, how many times did Jesus tell Peter when he asked him, how many times did I forgive my brother? Seven times? What do you say? 70 times seven, right? That's what Jesus, God is telling Peter. Okay. So if we're expected to forgive one another 70 times seven, why is it that we think we're better than God? <laughs> So we don't think God can do that? We don't think God can forgive us 70 times 7? Now, again, I'm not saying to sin. No, no. don't sin. No. But understand that when you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Our, our Jesus. responsibility as disciples is to listen to God's word, yeah. follow Christ, yeah. and strive to apply all those principles to our lives. Mm -hmm. And that is a, that, you know something we talked about uh, earlier a while ago is that, that we have to make disciples. And it's that's one a, principle. And that's an ongoing yeah. lifetime pro process. You said we have to apply these principles to our lives. It's one principle. Mm -hmm. It's one. Love God and love your neighbor. Yep. That's the principle. Mm -hmm. That's the walk. We talk about obeying his commands. Mm -hmm. Well, John's the one who says that. Yeah. Well, what command? A new command I give you, love one love another. Love one another and love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, this this is the command. Mm -hmm. We get we talked about playing games last week, yeah. right? And we talked about how we get off in the weeds. And what are the weeds we get off into? Instead of turning church into something that we get to do, instead of treating church like the pep rally it is. Now, I don't mean pep rally as in being entertained. No, the point no. of the pep rally is to get pumped up to go out and run the plays, mm -hmm. to go out and run the ball, to go out and win the football game, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
Sunday worship is supposed to be a pep rally. It's supposed to be about getting pumped up to go back out and run the play. Mm-hmm. To run, and what's the play? To make disciples, and, and, and give, to love give, others. Something that just came to my mind. You know, you can't start figuring out whether whether church is important Sunday morning. No. That's why he said he said, here's all these here's all these sacrifices. These are all these festivals. So you'll know when you're supposed to do them so you can get ready for them. You know, I think I think getting ready for worship is something you start doing the second worship is over the Sunday before. You know, I mean you know, I, I mean, some of us that we're going to work, we're going to do things. We will have announcements this week or we do the Lord's Supper, you know, whatever it is, or have a prayer or something. You know, I know Brent Peterson. Brent Peterson writes his prayer out. He he, he spends a great deal of time getting that, writing his prayer out. So he works. It's the same thing with these sacrifices. Yeah. The, look at these sacrifices. We, we go through. And, and you know what? We're not going to read through them all. No. But we want you to pause the video and read through this chapter. And look at how much work. Look at how much work it yeah. takes yeah. to do these sacrifices. They can't, they can't, the day of they're supposed to, think about it. And we were talking about this before we, before we did the video. If you've got a, all of these sacred assemblies, all of these festivals, they've got to come to Jerusalem to do. Mm-hmm. God has already said, right? Well, by the time they get in the land, they take over Jerusalem. They've got to come to the tabernacle. So the tabernacle, the tent where God dwells, right, amidst his people, when they get to the land, it's going to move now around. This, now that's when, that's when they that when they finally get in the promised land, you know, and they build the temple and everything. Have to go to Jerusalem. It, but first, but it's here, Shiloh. Here, right. they're they're here. They're going to be traveling, and yeah. when these they're going to travel for forty years. Okay. Yeah. So that so every time these festivals are going to start coming up all the time. Yeah. Spoiler and, alert. Yeah. Just yeah, they, they're, so they're, they're going to come up. So they're going to every time they stop. Yeah. They set this tent up. And it's a it's a it's a shadow yeah. of what the temple's going to be like. They they pattern the temple after it, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to go to the temple. And each tribe is is stationed around this tab. It's the center of their life. That's right. And so as they go, and when they go to when they get into the promised land, they still set this temp- tent up in Jerusalem. At, but at some point, they build a temple. They build a temple. Solomon does, but David doesn't. Saul no. doesn't. There's there's a bunch of time where they don't have it. They have a tent that they traveled with. And the expectation is that all of Jerusalem would come to that tent for these festivals. So whether it's in Jerusalem, whether it's at Shiloh, wherever it ends up being set up, the the expectation is for each one of these festivals, you're going to come and you're going to bring offerings. Now think about that. You're offering an unspotted sheep, right? Uh, Or you're offering a bull or you're offering... And it has to be without defect, right? It has to be these these perfect offerings or you're bringing grain, you're bringing pigeon, whatever. You're expected to bring these things. You can't put that together the day of. No. And then if you think about traveling in the ancient world, you're talking about weeks. Yeah. A week at least, maybe two weeks to, to travel. Get from, to get from if, some of the places. If you're up in Dan, if you're up in the northern part of Israel or if you're way down by the wadis of Egypt in the southern part. And, and you know, they and they had, if they were in, in a... Uh, uh, the the ones that are the the trans I mean the before they go across before they go across the Jordan trans Jordan right you know I was Naphtali and Ephraim yeah Ephraim and Manasseh half of Manasseh yeah half of Manasseh and they're on the other side so they have to go across the Jordan right. to get to Jerusalem yeah so they have a ways to go this is a lot of preparation yeah you know, you talked about being ready I ought to be ready you know I, I encounter I don't want to say I encounter a bunch but I encounter Christians every once in a while and they'll say you know, I, I come to Sunday, but 
I'm just, I just, oh, I man, don't. Now, encounter a bunch? Yeah, that's, you said it right, because I hear that too much. My bucket is not full. Yeah. And, I, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, the problem is, you think it's my job, or you think it's the elder's job, or you think it's the Bible class teacher's job to fill your bucket. That's the problem. That is the problem. Now, look, I understand going out in the world, getting beat up all week for being a Christian, and then coming in and needing some encouragement. That's not what I'm talking about. No. That's what we are here for. That is what the church is here for. But if you're talking about chronic bucket empty, in other words, you're running on empty, you're out, you're out of spiritual gas all the time. You can't get excited about worship. You can't get excited about this. You can't, you can't participate, right? You feel that friction there, and, and you don't know why. I'll tell you why. The problem is you, the Lord has set out a buffet in his word, and you, you don't want none of it. You ain't eating. You want to, You want the milk. Yeah. You want to sit at the kids' table and drink the drink the goat's milk. Mm -hmm. Except you don't even want the goat's, goat's milk. You want chocolate in it. You want chocolate milk. Yeah. You want it real yeah. sweetened up. Yeah. You're not ready to take on the word. Why? Because you don't spend any time in it. You don't spend any time in prayer. You don't spend... When you don't do those things... When you, look, God gives us of his spirit... Why does he do that? Because he wants to be invested yeah. with us. Yeah. But guess what? If you don't spend time with God, if you don't draw near to him, he is not going to And that's what these were designed to, to do, was that's to right. keep them focused on him Absolutely. and keep them focused together yeah. as a unit. That's why you cannot worship God on an island, man, by yourself. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't, I'm not, not literally, I'm talking about, yeah. you can't be your own. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got to, you've got to come in contact with God. And the best way to do that is through God's people. Well, the other, the flip side of this too, is I hear all the time, you know, I hear from, and this, I hear from people more so than the other. What I hear is this, well, I'm just going to do church by myself. Oh yeah. Good luck. You can't do it. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Yeah. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Not because I do all the check marks, but because we love each other. The verse goes on. This is 1 John chapter 3. It goes on to say this. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So how are we out of the light? When we don't remain in love, when we don't love each other, we're out. And if you're going up on a mountain by yourself to do worship to do worship with God, guess what? You're looking at God and saying your people aren't good enough. Yeah. You cannot do that. Oh, and, and by the way, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. Yeah. And no murderer has eternal life residing in him. It is one of the most dangerous things for Christians to say, Oh, I'm gonna go off and I'm gonna go off on a mountain by myself. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Or you or you come you say, okay, I'll listen to you. I'll come. And then you sit there with a critical spirit mm. and decide that everything here is no good. And with that mindset, you're never going to find anything good anywhere. Mm. You never will. I've seen it happen too many times. I've seen that, that critical negative spirit yeah. that people bring because I'm not being satisfied. I'm not being entertained. I'm not, and it goes down and on and on and on. You know, you don't study, you don't pray, you don't, you don't fellowship. And so you don't have any, any connection to God's people. And that's what these did. These connected them together because God knew at some point yeah. they are going to need each other to be, to be bound together. Just like he knows about the church. That's why he created the church. That's right. You know, he created the church because we need each other 
to to find him and to be bound together, to love each other. The only way. If you if you're by yourself in your home and don't have anybody there, how how can you love your brother? You can't. You can't. So that's why these things are so important. It was important to them, but the things that we do are important to us. And, you know, every Sunday we have a, a, we have a festival every Sunday. Sometimes we do this. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do this over here tomorrow morning. This is going to come out on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll already done this. This is Friday morning, but tomorrow morning we're going to do a men's breakfast. That's right. And 25 or 30 guys are going to meet together and we're going to, and we're going to celebrate each other. We're not gonna. We're not going to make plans about nothing. We're not going to. Uh, we're not gonna do any of that uh, church stuff. That we're just gonna get together a bunch of guys and some of their children are gonna come, and we're gonna get together and just eat. But that is worship. It, but it is, yeah. and we'll have we have a devotional, but it's a little short five minute devotional. Whoever does it, it's a pretty short. The eating together, the fellowship together, the fact that, I mean, that, what does it do? It brings glory and honor to God. And that's worship. Yeah. When we, when we live in such a way, whether out in the world or coming together as the church, when we live in such a way that brings glory and honor to our father, we are worshiping. Yeah. That's what worship is. And so, you know, we, and we do those kind of things. The ladies, the ladies met yesterday because it's Friday. They met on Thursday and, you know, I don't know how many was there, probably seven or eight or nine of them met together and had a ladies Bible class. You know, That's right. they fellowship together. That's right. You know, sometimes they go to one of their houses and they eat together and, you know, they do baskets and stuff for people. And, you know, they do, they do things together. There's things going on. If you don't, if you don't get involved in that stuff, if you decided as an Israelite, well, I'm not going to really celebrate that. So I'm staying home. That wasn't an option. Why is it such an option today for us to stay at home? Why is it such an option not to take part in what God so clearly ordained for us so that we would be healthy? To be fair, they don't do it. To be fair, historically speaking, they don't keep these festivals. They don't do well, the I things they're supposed yeah. to do. They, they end up not doing it. And that's and look, this is people, right? God's, God is constantly laying before people. He's saying, look. You can do it my way. You can come along with me. And we can do it together. Or you can choose to go alone. If you choose to go alone, understand you're choosing death. And we go, ah, it won't be that bad. Yeah. And we go alone. And then, and then when everything falls apart, our life falls apart, everything is horrible. You know, uh, earlier I was talking about the analogy about choosing to do things our own way. Well, we've got a whole lot of women in, our, in my generation, especially, who have been deceived. And they think that bearing children is one of the worst things that you can do. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to have them. And I can tell you right now, in 40 years, how that's going to work out for Oh, not good. Not good. They're going to die alone. In most instances, they'll die alone. They're going to be miserable. And they're going to be miserable long before they're dying alone. Yeah. They're going to be miserable. They're miserable now. Yeah. If they're my age and they don't have kids, they're empty. Mm -hmm. I know. I've talked to plenty of women who are my generation, who are now my age, 33 to 36 in that range. They don't have any kids. They spent their whole life pursuing everything the world told them to education, career, all of those things. That was what was important and paramount. And now they're not married. They don't have kids Mm -hmm. and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. And the guys are sitting around going, what's wrong with that? Yeah. They're apathetic. Yeah. They think they know what is best. I think, I think what we can take away from 23 is that God was very concerned about these people? Yes. That they that they they put Him first. Mm-hmm. 
These festivals were designed to do that. Mm-hmm. What we've talked about before, remember, he said, always remember, I, I am, I'm the Lord. Make sure that you're holy. Make sure that you treat me as holy. That's right. You know, God is very specific about his creation, what he wants. And it's still t- t- true today. Why did he set, why would the first century church gather on the first day of the week? And we have numerous examples of that. Now, I didn't, what, in Acts chapter 2, it wasn't just the first day of the week. They met together in people's houses all the time. Yeah. They became a fellowship unto themselves. But, you know, why was it so important that they worshiped on the first day of the week? Why, 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 did, so that they could come together and they could, they could elevate God and elevate each other at the same time. That's what this is about. To commemorate Christ. To commemorate Christ. To remember, remember what him. we're here doing. Remember. To remember what God has done for it, us. It says in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, it says, And on the first day of every week, lay by in store a collection, so that when I come, it won't be collected. When, you know, we'll have to collect it then. You know, if the, if the collection was so important to do on the first day of every week, then why isn't worshiping and coming together, guys? Why is that your primary focus? I'm going to go to church on Sunday, every Sunday. I'm going to take the Lord's Supper, right. and I'm going to honor and glorify God. I'm going to elevate my brethren and sisters. That's right. That's what these festivals were. Our festival is happens every Sunday. And how encouraging is it? I know for me it's huge, but how encouraging is it when you see people come, fellowship together, joyously sing to the Lord, praise Him, pray together, all the things that we do every Sunday. How awesome is it? It's so encouraging. It's and, awesome. Yes. And you know, it's it's especially encouraging when I see people who I know are struggling, yeah. who I know are getting beat up, yeah. who I know who are hurting, yeah. and they're still it's trying still to and be still there. there. Yeah, it's really cool. We'll pick it up next week. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about. Um, There's a the, blasphemer put to death in the next chapter. I think we're going to cover. I think we're going to deal with that a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. You know, at some point we'll be out of Leviticus. Oh, I'm excited. I'm 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 ready to jump into numbers. Yeah, numbers uh, gonna be cool. Numbers, that's where they get. That's where they get moving. That's yeah. where they grease up the wheels and we're we're heading. They out. they leave Mount Sinai about yeah. Numbers chapter eleven. Yeah, it takes eleven chapters, but they're heading out. 11. But they're heading out. But it's 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 cool because it's we've been leading into Leviticus this whole time, all the whole Torah since they left the garden in Genesis three. We've been heading towards Leviticus. Now we've reached the summit, and now we're heading back down the other side. And so we're, we're going to start to see a lot of parallels in Numbers yeah. and Deuteronomy yeah. to the yeah. others. It's, it's really yeah. good. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for how much effort you put into helping us to find each other and to find you and, help, and how much effort you put into helping us to stay faithful to you. Father, we're grateful for, for the, the opportunities we have to worship you mm. together. We're grateful for the opportunities that, that we have to celebrate uh, and through a festival uh, like like the first cent- of like the uh, people of old did, we're thankful, Father, that uh, that we have uh, that uh, that that we do on on a weekly basis, and then the fellowship that we have as we get together on a regular basis. We thank you for that, Father. Bless us, help it help those those times to draw us closer to you and closer to each other. And thank you so much again. Bless us, Father, as we continue to strive to be the disciples. Your son died to make us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.